0: All right, let's open our Bibles, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, last time we, uh, we finished chapter 3, the baptism of Jesus, where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? Yep. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and, and he said it, it was really the right thing to do, and there's a lot of good reasons why he did it. He didn't need to repent, he didn't need to, you know, he didn't have any sin to repent from, but... Uh, a number of reasons, let me just review them for you. Number one, it was an affirmation of John's ministry that he was all behind what John was doing and this whole concept of preparing the way and and that we needed to get ready for the kingdom and open our hearts to the kingdom. The second thing was he identified with us. All along, that's what his plan was. That's why he came and, and became man so that he could identify with us so that at the right time and the right place, he would die for us as a human being. The third thing, he gave us an example, to be baptized is a good thing, right? And he got baptized, and it's a good thing. And maybe some of you are are planning on getting baptized as soon as we have another baptism. And then the last thing that I mentioned was this, this picture of his death. And burial, resurrection, the baptism is a picture of that. And so he was kind of looking ahead to what he would one day do there in Jerusalem. So exciting to me, though, when he did that, heaven was open, it says. and, And I just love that picture that Jesus opens heaven for you and for me. That we might be open and heaven is open to us through him. The Father spoke, the Spirit came down, the Trinity is there, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and and that love that he shared, the Father spoke about, he says, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased, that love he then passes on to you and to me. He says, this is my son, you're my son and my daughter, and I love you, and I am pleased with you. Because of why? Because of Jesus. How do we get it? Because of ourselves? Because of how good we are, and how good looking we are, and all of that kind of good stuff? No, it's because of the Son. It's because of Jesus. It always goes back to Him. It always goes back to what He has done, the fact that He's opened heaven, the fact that He has opened the way for us to have that place in the, in the heart of God. Chapter 4 now, we pick it up where we left off, and really this is the temptation, the temptation of Jesus. Temptation. Look at verse 1. It says, Then... Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He was led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Temptation. Is that a a subject that we uh, should look at maybe? Think about? Do we ever face any temptation? Do any of you ever face temptation at all? You know, there was a place down in Main Street in East Greenwich called Sweet Temptations. You know... That's what I'm talking about. And it's gone. I don't know what happened. Maybe people were just fighting that temptation. Somehow they, I'm going to fight that temptation. The place went out of business. That's not good. So the whole message is give in to your temptations. Right? Wrong. No, wrong. Of course that's not right. But that's what we're talking about today. Temptations and, and uh, you know, We all face it. Jesus faced it. The key verse uh, that ties in with this subject, really, is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let me quote it to you. You've heard it, I'm sure. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The, th- the things that we face, the temptations that we face, they're common to men. It's like, it's, it's common. It's not just you. We're going to see Jesus was by himself, but sometimes the, the enemy, you know, gets you. You're the only one. You are the only one that faces that kind of temptation. You are the only loser that even has that kind of a problem, that kind of a... Testing, that kind of a trial. Is that true? No, but if you can get us by ourselves thinking we're the only one and we're, we're afraid to tell anybody else, talk to anybody else, because they're going to say, man, you are a loser. You are, you know, an idiot. I'm way stronger than you. But, but you know, when you, when you have brothers and sisters that you truly have fellowship with and you strengthen one another, you find out that, you know, hey, they're no different than you are. You know, we got to hold each other up. Iron sharpens iron. It says it's common to man, but but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And He will provide a way out, a way of escape. A way of escape. That's so exciting. We'll talk more about that later. But there's a verse that I want to read to you from Genesis. It says, when, you know... The brother was wanting to kill the other brother, right? You remember those two brothers in Genesis chapter four? What were their names? Amen. Cain and Abel, and and uh, Cain wanted to. He he wasn't happy, right? And he he was angry at his brother, jealous, all kinds of other things. But listen to this verse. It's it's stuck in the middle of that. He says, uh, the the Lord is speaking to Cain. He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. He says it's right there. It's common to all of us. It's right there. We're all just one step away, really, from going down a wrong path, falling down into a wrong thing, right? It's, it's to him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. To him who thinks, ah, you know, that's, I don't have any problems in that area, in this area, whatever, I'm good, I'm going to be all right. He says, watch out, watch out, watch out. Take heed. To him who thinks he stands. They did a survey sometime back um, in a magazine called Discipleship, Discipleship Journal. And they, they kind of ranked the different uh, areas of spiritual uh, battle or challenge. And, and they, they go like this. Number one was materialism. Number two was pride, which I think pride might have should have been first. Uh, number three, self-centeredness. Number four, laziness. And number five was a tie between anger and uh, sexual lust. Number seven, uh, envy. Number eight, gluttony. Number nine, lying. You know, it's not, we think of temptation and, and we think just of of sexual kind of temptation, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? Temptation to do and fall in any one of these areas, go down any one of these paths. It's it's common to man. It's common to every one of us. We face it. Now, in this situation, Jesus could have just simply blown Satan away, right? He had the power. He has all power is his all power in heaven and earth is his, he could have just completely demolished him right there on the spot. But did he do that? No. He gave us an example. And just like in the baptism, he gave us an example of facing this battle, fighting the fight. He gave us an example, and we can learn from from the way he handled the situation. By the way, this word tempted here also has in the meaning... uh, It also has the idea of testing, where we're tested. And a temptation isn't just a temptation, but it's also a test. And God will test us from time to time. God doesn't tempt us, the Bible says, but he will allow things in our lives that even are temptations as here so that he can test us. It says in Deuteronomy, the Lord tested those people to find out what was in their hearts so they would know. He already knew, by the way but for us to to go through tests so that we can kind of grow and learn. Isn't it interesting, though, here, we see that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Go, Wow. Why, you know, the Holy Spirit is leading Jesus now out here to be tempted? God allowed it. God brought him to that place. God allows certain things in our lives, doesn't He? You know, if, if it would be awesome if God would just kind of put us in like a, a cocoon or something and protect us from anything and everything that, that, you know, we might ever face in this life. It'd be so good if, if He did that, I think. But just in case you haven't noticed, I'm not God. And he has a different plan. And so he allows us to face different things. He led Jesus to that place. And Satan was there, and there was a temptation going on, and there was a test going on, and he can lead you and me to places where there's going to be some testing that takes place. God, spare me from the test. I don't want it. Someone said this, though, testing or temptation is not meant to make us sin. It's it's meant to enable us to conquer sin. It's not meant to weaken us. It's meant to make us emerge stronger and finer and purer from the ordeal. We can grow through these things. We can grow through these temptations, these trials, these tests. God wants us to grow. He really does. He wants us to grow. He wants us to grow up in Him. Someone else said this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit brings the child of God through dark tunnels, over rugged mountains, through roaring storms, over raging seas, through deep waters, over thin ice, through thick forests, over desert, desert plains. You get the idea. Sometimes the Holy Spirit takes us to places that we would probably prefer not to go. But the other side of this, and I think one of the biggest lessons that we we can learn from all this is that if the Holy Spirit takes us there, He's going to be there with us as well. If God leads us in a certain direction, He was led by the Spirit, we want to be led by the Spirit. If God leads us, He's also going to be there with us, right? He's not going to abandon us there. But I think the biggest lesson in in all of this in in testing and temptation is that we need to learn that we cannot fight in our own strength. We need to know that He's there with us and we need to rely upon Him and call upon Him and, and realize that we cannot fight the fight in our own strength. How many of you ever tried to fight the fight in your own strength? How far do you get? It doesn't work out very well, does it? We see here, you know, he, he was out there in the desert, be tempted and tested by the devil. But, but really, I, I was thinking about this, that the battlefronts, they're really kind of, and I said that, I've said this many times, and I think it's, it's true. The battlefronts are really kind of, uh, generally, generally speaking, in three areas. We have the enemy, the devil, but you also have the world, and you have the flesh, your own flesh, and you also have the devil. So we've got battlefronts, We've got temptations that, that come to us, not just from Satan. It's not just all about Satan, right? If that was the only battle we faced, well, we, maybe we could do that. But it, it comes from all different angles, doesn't it? it comes, the world has got its, its whole scheme. Of course, Satan is the god of this world. But it, it's got this whole scheme to kind of pull us in a certain direction, kind of take us in a certain direction. And, and, then, and then we face the struggles of our own flesh, our, our own selves, you know, that the flesh wants to go down a certain path, the sweet sweet temptation that, that we all face. The world of flesh and the devil, we kind of face it in all these areas. And, and, and when we look at these three different temptations, we'll see that, that those three, you know, the world of flesh and the devil, they, they kind of are working in all, all those areas as well. The world of flesh and the devil. Where did it happen? Uh, We're not going to get through all of this today, but um, I I just want to go through word by word, verse by verse, and look at this. Where did it happen? Who can tell me where it happened? In In the desert. And who else was there? Who else was there? Okay, the Spirit was there, and the enemy was there, and Jesus was there, right? So, humanly speaking... He was the only one there, right? He was out in this desert place, in this difficult place, this wilderness place, and he was by himself. That's an important thing to note, you know. He was out somewhere, way out there, but he was also by himself. But we know, looking at it now, we can say, yeah, he had the Holy Spirit there with him. God led him and God was there with him. But, but isn't it true that so many times temptations and battles come when we're by ourselves? We're by ourselves and we're, we're tempted to go down this path or that path or, 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 or whatever it might be when we're all alone. Someone, you know, you, you've heard the sayings, you know, about, you know, uh, when we're all, our, all alone, that's when our character kind of is, is real or not real. What we do when we're by ourselves. When we're away on a trip travelling and and you know we're in a hotel room by ourselves or or when we're uh, you know by ourselves and, and and you know the family is gone or, or you know the, the roommate isn't there and, and you know the temptations of life or at the company when when the workers aren't there and we wanna fudge a little bit or we wanna change a little bit, do a little bit of this and that. What are we like when we're alone? And, and, and are we still walking with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit when we're alone, as, as we are when we're here in a group of believers, a group of Christians, a group of, of other uh, people who are also trying to follow the Lord? What, what happens when we're out there by ourselves? Big question. And, and you know, I, 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 I know exactly, you know, the, the, the temptations come. You know, the, the saying, you know, that the, the enemy wants to divide and conquer. If he can get you by yourself first and then start to hammer on you and start to work on you, what happens then? Jesus was there by himself. He, he, he came to show us, again, the example is that, is that we can make it. And, and he didn't do anything. Jesus didn't do anything that you and I cannot also do. He didn't come up there, like I said, and just kind of slam the enemy and, and, and kind of explode him or anything. He did things and he, he did spiritual things that every one of us have access to and ability to do. Jesus showed us the way, he gave us an example. So he's, he's there in the, in the desert and he's being tempted by who? By the devil. By the devil. And, and I mentioned a few weeks back, there's you know, places you go to, they, don't, they won't even mention the word devil. I guess they won't be able to, to preach this passage because it you know his name is mentioned here he's called the devil he's called uh uh the tempter uh, you know satan you know is found in this passage so i guess i just have to skip over that passage if you can't use you know this name or this word or whatever that's kind of you know that i think that kind of plays into what the enemy would want which is kind of like make it seem like he doesn't really exist. Make it seem like there is no devil. Make it seem like there is no spiritual enemies. Uh, Keith Green wrote a song about that. You know, he is great as, you know, is kind of singing this song from the devil's viewpoint. He's so glad that nobody believes in me anymore. You know, but, but the Bible talks about it. Jesus is talking about it right here, right? And the, the Word of God says that he's a real being. But the fact of the matter is, he is a real being, but but I want to make it so clear is that the devil is a created being. He is a created being. He is not, you know, omnipresent. He is not omniscient. He is not on the same level as Jesus Christ in terms of, you know, Jesus is eternal, lives forever, has always lived, part of the Trinity. Satan was actually created by God. He is a created being. So many people think, well, you know, you have the, 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 the good side, and then you have the dark side, and Satan's over here, and Jesus is over here, and they're kind of like equal, and, and maybe they're even brothers, some have said, you know, like ridiculous notions people come up with. But, but Satan is a created being. But he's a fallen being, you see. He wasn't created like this. He fell. And you can study about that and read the different passages about him and and, and, uh, what happened in in him. But he is is an opposer of God. He's an an enemy of God. He's an enemy of the people and the children of God. And he kind of is in charge of all the spiritual hosts of darkness. And he's very real. Now, I've said this before. uh, Do I believe that the devil is after you personally? I don't think that any of us are important enough. You know what I mean? Important enough for the devil himself to show up and work with you. I could be wrong. Now, maybe Doug and the helicopter and the secret thing that's going on there, I don't know, but. <laughs> I tend to think, you know, he's like a bigger fish to fry. So I guess we're not, we don't have to worry about it? No. Because when Satan fell, it says a third of the angels fell along with him. So he's got plenty of legions. He's got plenty of, of other helpers. And they're, they're after us, too. And, and so they're working, and it's a whole scheme. It's a whole hierarchy. It's a whole thing. You know, you read about it in Ephesians. You know, the principalities and the powers, and they've got this thing going on here. And it's way beyond us. Way beyond us. Yeah, and that gets back to this principle. We can't fight this in our own strength. It's beyond us. Satan is beyond us. His demonic forces are beyond us. We can't even understand how they all work. So how can we fight them? How can we defeat them all if they're, they're way, way beyond us? The devil is real. His demonic forces are real. But they are created beings. And we serve the creator. There's a big, big difference. We serve We follow and we love the Creator. Look at verse 2. Let's look at the first temptation. It says, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, and fasting is a good spiritual thing to do. It's a good exercise to focus on the, spirit, the things of the Spirit of God and the spiritual uh, things. And he was fasting, but he got to this place where it says he was hungry. And you say, well, that's, that should be kind of obvious. After you fast 40 days and 40 nights, you're going to be hungry, right? Well, yeah, he was hungry, but, but when you get to that certain place too, what, physically, what else is he? He's exhausted. He's weak, and so it says here now the tempter is working, and and he's coming at him at kind of this weak point, this lowest point of resistance. Have you ever noticed that 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 uh, temptations come when you're like really you've had a very long day, and you're like really tired. And you know, you get these thoughts start to come in or this attack from this one way or another and and thinking about doing things that you know you know normally you wouldn't even be considering. You know, Jesus was at that lowest point. Again, he's showing us an example for you and I that we can fight these fights. When we're tired, when we're hungry, when we're low, we're definitely more susceptible, susceptible but we, we need to understand that and, and we need to be on guard and watch out. When we get to those low points, we need to be careful. Watch out. Simply watch out. Be, be aware that something, you know, there could be some attack that could take place. When the disciples were so tired in the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember they were falling asleep, right? And, uh, and Jesus came to them. What did he say? He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He knew how tired they were. But he said, when you get to this place, watch and pray because it's right there. The temptation that you will not fall into temptation. So, so we are susceptible, we are vulnerable when we're at the weak spots, right? When we've when we're just exhausted and low and, and burned out and all the rest of it. And I and I and I understand and i I, I face that when I, I get to those spots and and you know you, you want to just be go a little easier, want to be a little easier and and and, and, and not worry about things so much. Well this doesn't matter so much because I'm kinda tired and I'll flip through the channels and see this, what's going on and and it kind of just goes on from there, right? But on the other hand, in this situation, the first word of, of chapter 4 is what? Then. When? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. When? When is then? When was right after the baptism, right? Right after this voice of heaven, the Father saying, this is my Son whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. Right after this incredible, you know, uh, thing that just happened. This wonderful, you, you can call it a victory, but it was just, it was a high point. It was momentous. It was glorious, this incredible, exciting thing that happened. The Trinity and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all this going on. John the Baptist preaching and, wow. Then, right then, the Spirit led him. Right then, after the high, after the blessings. Someone said often, after the blessings come the battles. So susceptible in weakness, but also susceptible right after this really high point. You know, you have this really good thing happen, and you see, you know, God does this great thing for you, and then all of a sudden, bam, you get hit hard. Don't be surprised. It happened right here. It happened to Jesus. So after the high, be on guard. The tempter came and he said to Jesus, what did he say? If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The tempter came and he spoke to him and there was a voice. He heard it. Whether it was a physical voice or a, you know, a whispering, that the... Uh, the accuser of the brethren, he came and he, and he spoke to him, and, and we've already seen in the last chapter the voice of God, right? The voice of God spoke, and, and he spoke to Jesus, said, this is my son, spoke to the world, this is my son. And then the enemy comes along, and he's got some words too, doesn't he? He speaks too. The enemy speaking as well. God's speaking over here. The enemy speaking over here. There's a lot of voices in this world. I, I, I don't need to tell you that, are there not? I think, I think it's getting worse and worse. There are so many voices, so many voices out there. The question is, which one are you and I going to listen to? Which one are you and I going to respond to? Satan came along, he says, if you are the Son of God, and some say well, he was doubting, he's trying to get Jesus to doubt who he was. Well, that, I, I don't think that's what it means. It's more like, since you are the Son of God, he was challenging him. Since you are the Son of God, do what I, what I suggest to tell these stones to become bread. You're hungry. Your body needs something. It's a, it's a legitimate need. Go ahead. Just go ahead and do it. Your body needs it. You're hungry. Go ahead and, and, and just use your power to take care of your own needs. It was really, it was a challenge here to really to be self-serving to be selfish to only look out for number 1 to feed the flesh and even though and not trust God in it but to kind of take it into your own hands and do it yourself that comes from the world of flesh and the devil does it not all those three areas take care of me i'm going to take care of number 1 i'm going to take it into my own hands if you are since you are a christian just, just do it. It's okay. Take care of what your needs are. It's okay. You have the power. You can do it. No one will know. You're out here by yourself. No one will ever know. Just go ahead. Just, just you know, make, make the stones turn into bread. What did Jesus do? Verse 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus answered with what? With Scripture. He answered with Scripture. Ephesians 6, 16 calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. Okay? The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Uh, in Corinthians it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. He used the scripture. Now I want to I want to say this, and I and I and I I was reading some different commentaries about this, and I and I know it is true. And, and as as I was reading what these guys had to say, is that it's not just quoting scripture though, is it? It's not enough just to quote scripture at the temptations that we face. You know, I had to really think about that because I, I always kind of think well, you just, you know, you kind of memorize the passage and then you just quote it. And that just makes all the problems go away. Well, the, the temptation, the next one that we get to, Satan quotes Scripture. Satan can quote Scripture. So, really, that really isn't what Jesus is saying here, is it? That's not Jesus quotes scripture, by the way, in all three of these temptations. We're going to look only at the first one. But, but it, it's not just quoting it. It's actually trusting God and his word and then also obeying it. You could say, you know, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then, and then go ahead and, and Jesus could have said those words and then went ahead and changed the stones into bread anyways. You can quote the scripture all you like, but if you're not going to believe it and live by it, Jesus quoted that scripture, but he believed it too. He said, You know what? If I have a need, I'm not gonna get it from following you. I'm gonna get it from my Father. I'm gonna let Him take care of my needs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go by His word, not yours. The voice I'm gonna listen to is His voice, not your voice. God is the one that we have to trust. You think about the exorcists in the book of Acts, right? They, they, were, they were going around and they were, ca- they were trying to cast out these demons out of this, this guy or whatever. And, and, and they came up and said, you know, the, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And, and the demon said, you don't have a clue. And it says they went and got these guys and they beat them and stripped them naked and they went off running naked. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't, you know, the demons said, you know, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? It's not just enough, it's not like a talisman where you just quote the scripture. It's, it's actually having it in your heart, believing it and following it and being willing to, to follow the way, the word of Jesus himself. That's how we're going to face temptation. That's how we're going to defeat it. Jesus believed what he quoted, Jesus was willing to live by what he quoted. The psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden my, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We, we, we need to know what God's word is, of course, and we, we talk here so often about the fact that, that we need to be reading God's word, but it isn't just reading it, is it? It's kind of taking it in, making it a part of who we are and being willing to follow the word of God. That's what's going to sustain us that's what's going to feed us. Not the, not the stones that could be made bread. Jesus said it is written, and, and someone pointed this out. I like this. The, the tense of this, um, of this word, it is written. It, it, it means that it was a completed action, but it has continuing results. Meaning like this, it has been written and it still stands written. It is the truth. It will be the truth. It is always the truth. The, you know, the psalmist said, your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. This is something we can bank our lives upon. This is something we can build on and that we can, that we can truly trust. What's most important is God's word, God's will and God's plan, not what the other voices that are all around us are, are wanting us to do and and directions they want to take us in. Food is important. The needs of the body are real. They've been, you know, designed into the body by the creator. But if we go getting them satisfied and trying to get them satisfied out of outside of God's plan and purposes, there are going to be tr- there's going to be trouble always, always, always. Jesus is saying to the enemy, you know what? I don't need to do that. God is going to provide. And you and I need to be patient and not take things into our own hands. God knows what your needs are, what my needs are. I like this, what someone said, though. He said angels would come to him later at the very end of this, after these temptations. Angels would come to him and instead of eating dry little loaves of bread, he would dine on angels angel food cake. <laughs> you know, when we compromise, when we, we try to try to get it our own, our own way and, and, and the ways of the world, the ways of the flesh, the ways of the enemy, we're, we're, we're set, settling for second best. God's got the best for us. We, we want to do it his way. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We're going to stop there. We're out of time. But I want you to think about that. Is that, is that true for you? Is it true for me? That I don't, you know, I don't live just on bread. I don't live for, for food. I don't live just for the, the things of the flesh and the things of this body and the, what the world has to offer. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Where's the sustaining power coming from? Where's the true, the true satisfaction in life going to come from? The word of God, God's word. We study it, we teach it, we read it, but you know what? I used to, and, and I know there's a place for this, but I used to, um, and, and I've, I did this for a number of years in a row where I would read you know, according to a uh, schedule to get through the whole Bible in one year. How many of you have done that? Be honest. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But I also found, too, that, you know, uh, and I think we should all read through the whole Bible at least once in our lives. We have to. We need to. But but also, you know, I found that you can just be on the schedule and miss what, what God is trying to say, miss what God is trying to speak, and and I found, you know, that sometimes I'll just read a, 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 a paragraph or half a chapter instead of trying to, you know, i gotta, I got to get through it. i got to make it. But, but when it becomes a part of us, when it becomes part of who we are, the Word that comes from the mouth of God, and, and we let these words get in us, and we're, we're willing to obey them and, and, and truly believe God's Word, God's will and God's plan. That's when we're going to be victorious. That's how we're going to make it in this life. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's uh, stand and pray together and we'll have the worship team come on up. Father God, we thank you so much for your grace, your mercy, your truth, and your word, Lord, that says that we can fight the good fight. Not on our own, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, with the strength that he provides and with the words that he gives us and the truth of that word that we believe and that we we seek to live by. Father, help us in this world as we face the temptations and the trials this week as we come and face them. When we're tired, when we're low, or when we've just had a great victory. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. I pray for each and every person here, whatever it is that that we're facing in our lives, Lord, that you'd give us the strength to persevere and fight. Resist, maybe even flee like we'll see in the next sections. Lord God, help us, we pray. We need you. We cannot do it on our own. We need you desperately, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.